0: The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special.
1: This episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg in Williamsburg, Virginia. There's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here. more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
2: And I I still have a a collection of of rejection letters uh, from when I was like 12 and 13 and 14. (laughs) Then I put it away for a while because I thought you couldn't. uh, Someone told me you couldn't be a writer it wasn't a way to make a living but no one managed to tell me that about music uh so so i did i decided i would if i couldn't be a writer then then i would embark on the the much more lucrative uh, career of a folk singer songwriter
0: <laughs> greetings scribes, and welcome back to the writer files i'm your humble host kelton reed wishing you prolificness prosperity and peace of mind per usual Award-winning short story writer and novelist Sarah Pinsker talked to me about neural implants, meeting Ursula Le Guin, and her latest, We Are Satellites. Sarah is the 2019 Nebula Award winner for Best Novel for A Song for a New Day. The lauded and eerily prescient novel was set in our near-future world following a virus and violent attacks that led people to limit almost all interaction to the virtual space. Sound familiar? Her latest is We Are Satellites, named one of BuzzFeed's best science fiction books of spring 2021 and described as a fascinating novel that explores how technologies can transform family dynamics. Sarah is also a multi-hyphenate singer-songwriter whose Nebula and Sturgeon award-winning short fiction has appeared in Asimov's Fantasy and Science Fiction, as well as numerous other magazines, best of anthologies, and been translated into multiple languages. In this file, Sarah and I discussed the heartache and thrill of getting rejection letters at age 13. Her pandemic productivity blues. Why she buys every indie, small press, sci-fi collection. How taking a walk can coax the words to come. And stay tuned after the interview for a sample of the We Are Satellites audiobook, excerpted courtesy of Penguin Random House Audio, read by Bernadette Dunn. Stay calm and write on. And if you're a fan of the Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. All right, we're back on the Writer Files, and I am honored today to be joined by Nebula award winning author Sarah Pinsker. Sarah, how are you today?
2: I'm great. I'm excited. Book comes out today, so I'm full of caffeine and good energy.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks for doing this and taking the time to rap with us about all things writing. can't wait to pick your brain. I'm glad you're caffeinated. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your coffee intake. Uh, what's your, what are you drinking over there?
2: Uh, I am drinking uh, a very dark roast from Thread Coffee Roasters, which are a local Baltimore company, uh, women and queer uh owned and it is a I, I only discovered it very recently but it's really good
0: mm. i myself am drinking a dark roast as well so we can virtually toast to that yeah i want to talk about the importance of coffee but also your fantastic uh writing career to date and of course it's your book birthday for we are satellites so we can wrap about that but um let's talk a little bit about your superhero origin story as we do with authors, kind of the the cliffs version of how you got here, because you haven't always been a novelist. Um, and you've got uh, this lauded short story collection, under Your Bell. But yeah, let's talk about how you got here. And you're 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 uh, also a multi hyphenate. I understand. Uh, I was listening to some of your music earlier, and I'm very much enjoying it. Oh,
2: thank you. Yeah, I uh, I, I always thought of myself as a writer. Like I was one of those kids who wrote stories. And then I was, I was the kid who wrote stories and sent them to the magazines. And I, I still have a, a collection of, of rejection letters uh, from when I was like 12 and 13 and 14. <laughs> and then I put it away for a while. Cause I thought you couldn't, uh, some, someone told me you couldn't be a writer. It wasn't a way to make a living, but no one managed to tell me that about music. Uh, so, so I, did, I decided I would, if I couldn't be a writer, then, then I would embark on the, the much more lucrative, uh, career of a folk singer songwriter. <laughs> and, um, uh, I, I survived that for, for a while. Um, and, I, I, then I started writing again, uh, writing fiction again. And, uh, Somewhere along the line, the, the balance shifted over, and I started writing more and more stories. And then um, a couple of those ideas started nagging at me as, as being more novel sized uh, as I got more comfortable with the idea that there are different stories to be told different ways, which is ultimately what the music is too. Like, it's all, I think it's all songwriting. It's just songwriting hmm. at, at the appropriate length for the story you want to tell.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I guess, you know, there is that through line from um, that folk kind of uh, storytelling, you know, that lineage of like oral storytelling, right? And I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I was going to ask you what that through line was for you for especially being kind of um, this lauded science fiction or, or... But yeah, it's, it's an interesting co- connection there because when I listen to your music, I don't think science fiction... I think quite the opposite.
2: No, no, the music itself isn't necessarily science fiction, but but uh, there are stories embedded in the songs and I think and, and and in live shows as well. There's a storytelling aspect of of bringing an audience along. And th- there's an interesting thing about about having both of those outlets also in that there's something much more immediate about the music side of things and with with books I, I can think of this particularly today because there's this huge build-up to this day um, for me in my head but like this is the day where people can get the book but they can't actually necessarily like inhale it today right. so, so it's not even a like you don't get you don't get the applause today um, <laughs>
1: right. and
2: they they're they're going to come in sort of staggered You know reactions and responses. You don't get to see people actually read the book. So, yeah, it's it's definitely different different ways of. I don't actually know where I'm going with that sentence, but they
0: yeah they they come
2: back they come back to you in different
0: ways. Right, because right there's an instant gratification that comes with performing live that you that writers don't really experience until they do perform live, say at a, a book reading. So you are. Um, probably doing some sort of a um like a hybrid virtual tour right now, right?
2: Yeah, I've got I've got online events, uh the in conversation kind, which also has something to do with music. Um I have a, a conversation with Anna Lee Newitz at the Ivy Bookshop tonight, and Thursday I get to talk with Ted Chang at the university bookshop in Seattle, but both of those are uh online.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. But yeah, uh so, so going back to this um Nebula Award-winning novel, your debut novel, A Song for a New Day. Talk a little bit about that because it was uh, considered (laughs) very prescient for um, this pandemic that we've all kind of been um, obviously dealing with over the last year uh, or so. But talk a little bit about kind of like (laughs) what that feeling was like when the pandemic started for you and then people started to maybe (laughs) reconsider that book of yours
2: yeah so so it's a book about um uh, that, that follows a musician uh in the the before and after of of a world that became remarkably like ours and it's not so much the during that we've been living in but the, but a lot of before and after um as we as we approached it like like as as the lockdown started to happen, I had this, this moment of clarity that, that actually, <laughs> you know, this, this did seem a little familiar. Uh, so the last reading that I did was actually from the last live reading that I did last March was, was from a chapter that, uh, that has to do with don't forget normal. Um, and, and people who were like writing down all the things that they, they, didn't want to forget. And, and I read that out loud and uh, to a bunch of college students thinking, oh, you know, like they're they're going away for a week thinking that they're coming back from spring break. And I don't actually think they're coming back from spring break. And (laughs) and that was how the the rest, and particularly because I had talked so much about music and how it would affect musicians. And then it did this particular pandemic that we fell into, did hit a lot of the same notes that as the one that I, that I happened to write. And and so, so it was a continual uh, coming back to that. Like it, like it did, I, I did hit a lot of the right. What ifs, um, but I can't call it luck. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what that word is either.
0: That's wild. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive writer files, Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad free interviews. just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns writers happy hour, a community of your peers, ad free episodes and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Well, I want to talk about we are satellites. Your, um, novel that just came out and, yeah, I want to talk probably just about the, I'm guessing the unique research that went into this book. And then, you know, we can maybe talk about how it may be prescient uh, to our future, but we can't, we won't know <laughs> until next right. year. Um, right. But uh, yeah, talk about um, kind of the, the premise behind it, because, you know, I, I've been following a little bit kind of the idea of, you know, neural implants and, and neurotech to, employ, you know, enhance human ability, you know, or, or mods, that kind of stuff. Um, and then picking up this book, it's, it's, you know, obviously kind of hits that on the head, but, um, yeah, talk about the premise behind We Are Satellites and this fantastic latest.
2: So, so the premise is that there's an implant that, that becomes popular and ubiquitous that, that is, a, a commercial implant that, that helps you multitask. It's a really small thing compared to a lot, like a lot of books go for the, you know, Siri in your head and, uh, -hmm. you know, all kinds of big advances. And, um, I I went, went for something slightly smaller. I had started, uh, from, I, I went to an epilepsy symposium and there was a doctor talking about a device that, that they had thought was promising, but it turned out not to be useful for epilepsy at all. Uh, which is often uh, the case with, with things that they attempt to find for epilepsy because it's actually a whole bunch of different things that are grouped together by by the symptom that they cause. Yeah. And so there's no one solution. And I was thinking about how frustrating it would be to be a person with epilepsy watching these new things come onto the horizon and then veer off and not be for you at all um, because because they have other, either because they have better you know, uh, other things that they help with more, uh, or in the case of this book, a broad commercial application, which I thought would be the absolute worst rub because it's <laughs> not even that it's going to help other people, in which case you can say, well, at least it's helping other people. But in this case, it was, um, you know, someone's going to make a profit on this and they're going to make the profit on everyone, but I can't do it and I'm going to get left behind again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where I started with. And, and then I had sort of put a family through the ringer uh, and it's a, a family where uh, the son, the son starts the book really wanting one and he gets this implant and then uh, one of the parents gets one and then not the other and not his sister who has epilepsy.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating um, book. I'm enjoying it very much. And yeah, the, the reception has been fantastic and, and congrats on the work. Yeah. I want, I do wonder, you know, I was trying to like, imagine a, uh, you know, we're kind of inundated with all these, um, pharmaceutical ads when we watch TV that have, that have these, like, uh, this laundry list of like side effects that sound absolutely horrible. It's like a horror movie sometimes, but I was trying to imagine this, uh, you know, like an ad for the pilot in my head.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And the interesting thing is that the rules for devices are different. Like the, when, when, when I started researching the differences between medical devices and medications and their path to the market, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a real eye opener. Like they're they're It's absolutely terrifying to be honest. Um, (laughs) But, but the, yeah, just the, the things that they don't have to do, you would be surprised. Like like in terms of, they don't need to report adverse effects. Mm. Um, uh, That's the, yeah. And they can, they can bring something onto the market, uh, without a whole lot of new testing. If, if they can prove that it's somewhat similar to something previous. So yeah. So, so there's a lot of loopholes that can be exploited. I, I, I pushed really hard, um, at, when I first described this to my publisher, um, and my editor, <laughs> uh, I, you know, everyone wanted it to be a medication. I said, no, this has to be a device. Like, I, first of all, I've seen the book for the medication to some degree before. Like, yeah. I felt like I wouldn't be treading new ground with that. But, right. um, but there, there was a lot to be said about devices without even getting that far from from reality, yeah. honestly.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, and I, I can only help but think, and you had mentioned Siri, but I, I can only help but think that, um, you know, we don't know. The far-reaching side effects of all of us having these smartphones now, kind of glued to our hands, but there are there are side effects, right? There are far-reaching side effects that we, that you know, have been studied at some, but you know, our brains are being changed um, by some of this behavior. Our, our kids, you know, are going to have <laughs> uh, far-reaching effects that we just can't imagine, right? Not being, not being uh, digital natives like they are.
2: Yeah, it's fa- my uh, niece and nephew are seven and four, and it's fascinating to see what they can do already, um, just in terms of of yeah, navigating devices.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a little frightening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the writing process for you. Kind of like what what is um the most prolific writing day for you?
2: Uh, the most prolific writing day ever was on the short uh, the short story that preceded A Song for a New Day. Like, mm. uh, originally, I'd had a novelette called Our Lady of the Open Road, and I wrote 8,000 words of that in one sitting at my wow. favorite coffee shop. Um, so it, that was a, a story and a voice that just flowed, um, which is why when I decided that would be my first novel, I, I gravitated to that same voice again. Because I could I could get into Lucy's head very quickly and easily, and her chapters were were super easy to write. Um, most of my days are nowhere close to that.
0: <laughs> so it sounds like you're a coffee shop writer, which has I been am the, uh, probably a yeah. little cha- a little more challenging for you in the last year. How did you navigate that, and were you did you find that you were more uh, productive, less productive than this last year?
2: Uh, less productive. Um, yeah. I, I had a very a very buzzy in the head year just because of, I think partly because of the book coming true. I, I mm-hmm. um, but also I, I sort of overextended myself last spring. And, and so coming out of the spring, I I needed, I needed a little bit of a break. So i i I've written, I wrote a couple of stories and I did a lot of research for the next, next book. Mm. Um, but I, I sort of forgave myself for, for not doing a ton of writing. I'm, I'm back into it now, but I, I did need a break. Um, and I do miss my coffee shop terribly.
0: Yeah. Um, well, hopefully you can get back there soon. Yeah. As we all, uh, are hoping. And, um, I thought that the cover for we are satellites was pretty fantastic. You don't see this very often that it's the kind of a, uh, like almost like a literal interpretation of the, of the material. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, they, They did an incredible job. I think it's, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I love the colors. I, the, they, uh, I I wanted, I I like. um, Yeah, it's very simple. Sorry, I'm getting distracted because I saw uh, what I thought was a spider on my book, but actually, (laughs) it uh, it was a a shadow from outside playing across the book as I looked at it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, a great cover, and it's it's sort of literal, but it's sort of not because mm-hmm. uh, like there's no point in the book where those char- where there are characters that you could quite map to those ages. Like sure. it looks like a uh, it looks like a parent holding the hand of a young child um, right. who has a, the blue light of the pilot on on their head, and um, there's never a point, but uh, there's never a point where either of these kids is that young right uh in the book but it, it captures the feel of it perfectly to me it, like there's a slight ominousness because it's <laughs> like the everything's in shadow and you see this blue light on the kid and then the the stars up above i just think it's beautiful
0: yeah it's a nice one yeah so um let's talk a little bit about your influences and, and you know you said that you've been submitting short stories since you were a teenager and then uh so you've probably been you know a a great student of both uh you know like science fiction um collections of your and talk talk a little bit about some of your influences or you know some of your more recent colleagues that you're enjoying or you know kind of have on your nightstand
2: sure um on the on the older side uh, i grew up in a house that was full of uh science fiction um my my father had uh had uh subscriptions to all the magazines uh like from the time he was 10 mm-hmm. and um and he did all of the year's best anthologies and um and then the like science fiction book club books that uh and and a whole lot of them were collections so i, I grew up on a lot of short fiction a lot of Le Guin, mm-hmm. delaney sturgeon um vonda mcintyre um like the 70s the uh octavia butler uh and I've got all of his books here, so I'm just looking up from the shelf right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, yeah, that that sort of smoothly progressed into um, all of the wonderful collections that are coming out now. Um, I, I buy everything that uh, my own short story publisher was small beer, and that was. My dream was was getting a collection with them because literally every time I'm at a convention with them, I buy everything that I don't have. Mm. Um. So so uh, Isabella Yap's new uh, collection, Never Have I Ever, um, Elia Don Johnson's new collection. Um, those are sort of sitting here waiting for me to read them, because uh, the semester just finished. Um, Molly Gloss. Oh man, there's so many wonderful people. Even just if you look at who's who's got books out today, like Zen Cho has a new book out today. Um, P. P. J. Clark has a new book out today. Like I I just want to read everything now.
0: That's cool. Yeah, so um what's next for you? I know you said you said next next. The next next book. So, so does that mean you finished the next?
2: Oh, n- no. I was kind of sort of jumping ahead of this book. Um, I <laughs> okay. don't have I don't have the next one after this finished. The the idea that I had for the book after this one was an idea that I knew was going to take some time and a whole lot of research. And, um, that was part of what I was doing last year. Uh, right. but I'm, I'm finally writing it. So, so I'm, I'm excited to actually have some time to to work on that one.
0: Right. Right. And, and promote this one, which is all, all very fun for you. I'm sure. Um, juggling the things.
2: No, it's all good. I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one. Um, cause I've spent a lot of time talking about pandemics. <laughs> right. So, so it's, uh, fun to talk about, uh, why you shouldn't let Elon Musk put a, An implant in your head.
0: Well, congratulations on all of your successes. And, um, yeah, well, we'll, before we wrap up with your advice to your fellow scribes and just how to persevere during, uh, times of adversity, um, we'll do a fun one. If you could have dinner with any author from any era, all expense paid, of course, to your favorite restaurant in the world, who would you take and where would you take them?
2: Oh no. (laughs) Um, Oh man, I I have, I'm going to totally mess up this answer because I don't have a good answer for that at all. Um, I would want uh, Ursula Le Guin. I would like to have a chat with Ursula Le Guin because I never got to meet her. Mm-hmm. Well, I did get to meet her, but I was a snotty teenager to her. Um, <laughs> even though I was a huge fan, um, I was, I was just full of myself and I didn't actually get a conversation um, that I would have liked. And so I would love to, to, uh, go somewhere with her um i don't know where that would be um this is a very unsatisfying answer but at least i gave you an author um.
0: <laughs> okay <All right. laughs> take her out for a for a taco or something
2: yeah yeah um, that's what i'm having for dinner
0: oh perfect um <laughs> yeah well, what kind of tacos are you having for dinner
2: i am it's actually a new place that we haven't been. I can't remember the name. My wife is going to run out and grab them in between my my uh, interviews and my event tonight. Nice. Um, but they have they have a mushroom one that looks really good, and mm. then they have one that's like cauliflower and bean, and Ooh. I think there's a squash blossom one. I'm vegetarian, okay. so so all three of those sound really good.
0: Squash blossom tacos. That's a new one with Ursula Le Guin. I like it. Um yeah. <laughs> I just put those two together. You didn't.
2: Yeah, no, you're in- good. Intimate Thank you for that. Doing that I,
0: would, I, I didn't get that far. <laughs> um yeah, so uh we appreciate your time and um I'm going to point at all the things of course com and the latest uh you are on Twitter where our satellites is everywhere and I'll I'll link to that. Um anywhere else you want to point listeners before we wrap up?
2: Ah, oh, that's good. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you bet. Thank you for your time. Um yeah, do you have a pearl of wisdom for for your fellow writers on just how to keep going?
2: Yeah. Uh, just, just get that first draft down. It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, take a walk if you need to, um, so that you're not looking at a blank page and come up with the next sentence while you're on the walk.
0: I like it. Keep walking, keep writing, get that uh, crappy first draft down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, best of luck uh, in the promotion and and the uh, hybrid uh, yeah, tour. So, uh, Hopefully you'll come back and wrap with us again in the future.
2: Sure. Thank you so much for the good questions.
1: By the time David started flat-out begging, he really was one of only a few boys left at his school who didn't have a pilot. Val had watched it happen at the school where she taught, the sister school to his. If half her students had them by the time class had let out for summer— Three quarters had them when they returned in the fall. She had no doubt his school was equally awash. You're a scholarship kid among rich kids, she pointed out over dinner. You know better than to get hung up on not having something they have. She piled brown rice onto her plate before passing the rest along and helping herself to the next bowl's contents, steamed broccoli. Her health kick put the whole family on a health kick, So as far as she could tell, they were busy resenting her for that, too. David sat opposite her, his gangly body rigid with annoyance. The food hadn't reached him yet, and he clenched his empty plate in two white-knuckled fists like a steering wheel. Next, you say, I grew up with nothing, and that's how I learned I didn't need anything to be happy. As David said the words, Sophie mouthed them along with him, and Julie stifled a laugh. Was she that predictable? But you went to public school, Ma. I'm different already. Why make me even more different? It's not like the surgery is expensive. He must have seen Val cringe at the word surgery because he changed his approach. Who ever heard of parents refusing their kids something that helps them study better? I go to public school, right? Sophie asked. ''Yes,'' said Julie, spooning rice onto her own plate, then their daughter's. ''Until you're old enough to go where Ma teaches.'' Julie passed the rice back to Val, and the rest of the serving dishes made their way around the table to each of them in turn. David relaxed his death grip on the dinnerware to heap rice, then broccoli, then half a chicken onto his plate. They always served him last these days, A forced measure after the night an entire French bread disappeared before his mothers and sister had gotten any. Making more didn't help. His teenage stomach expanded to greet whatever food arrived in front of him. Val had called him BC for a while for boa constrictor. After she dreamed he'd unhinged his jaw to swallow the whole Thanksgiving turkey. There was silence while they all chewed. Val hadn't been patient enough with the rice and felt mildly guilty about it. She was a decent cook, as long as she didn't rush things. But on school nights, her poor family ate everything al dente. A moment later, David raised his fork in triumph, a spear of broccoli impaled on the tines. Think of the health benefits, Ma. I'd have more time. I could join the track team. Val exchanged a look with Julie. They'd been trying to get him into some kind of physical activity for two years. He had steadfastly refused to join any clubs or teams. They hadn't pressed as long as he kept up his schoolwork and spent dinner and the hour afterward with the family. Let us talk it over, Julie said. Is that, I want to say no, but I don't feel like fighting over dinner, or will you really talk it over, he asked. Sophie giggled. Both, Val said. Time for a new topic. Sophie, how's fourth grade treating you today? My teacher farted during math. Julie's shoulders started shaking. Val tried to hold it together. That's it? Did you learn anything? David grinned. Maybe Sophie didn't, but I guess the teacher learned not to eat beans for lunch. How do you know what my teacher ate for lunch? I know everything. David said, waggling spooky fingers at his sister. She looked impressed. Val glanced at Julie, knowing she, too, was savoring the moment of normalcy.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Writer Files. And if you enjoy the podcast... Please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us. You can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.